When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. And I just want to say it's an honor and a privilege to be able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler. And for today, I'm doing my most anticipated movies for 2020. That's right, the year is coming to a close. So now it's time for me to go ahead and do my most anticipated movie list for 2020. So let's go ahead and get into what I want to talk about. So first off, we have Black Widow. And I just want to say... At first, I wasn't that interested in a Black Widow movie. I always thought that she was actually a character that was more of a side character than rather than focusing on her being front and center. But as I saw the trailer and everything, it looks everything that you want from a Black Widow movie. It has that spy feel to it. It also has kind of like a Winter Soldier type of flavor to it. And that's what actually drew me in was the fact that you actually have a black black widow, a female character, and Scarlett Johansson, let's just face it, she is the most beautiful, most sexiest actress whenever it comes down to the black widow character and the fact that she even brings out a little bit of light to the black widow itself. As a matter of fact, whenever she got killed off in in game, I had tears coming out of my eyes. So just to see her back on the screen again as Black Widow and everything makes me excited to actually see her again. And not only that, but we actually have her main villain and then her main antagonist in this film. And what I like about this character is the fact that he is able to mimic other people's move movements and everything. Makes him a lot more challenging to be able to take down. Because before you can even do your move or anything like that on him, he already has a program done in his head on where he's going to go. So that's what I like about that uh, villain. And, you know... I've always thought that this villain was actually pretty cool if they handled him the right way. And I know that the look and everything is actually pretty... I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of a letdown in, in some aspect on how the uh, villain actually looks in the trailer. But I'm hoping that's just his or, uh, origin before he winds up being the character that we all know him to be. And that's what I'm hoping for this Black Widow movie and everything is. The fact that that's actually going to be the villain in this movie where we actually have him actually growing as a villain and he starts off just in this mask and then we wind up seeing who he actually is after everything's been said and done um but you know i was all i I like him as a villain a matter of fact you know a matter of fact the the villain that i'm talking about is taskmaster and like i said taskmaster is actually the type of character that you actually want to have in this type of spy type of feel to it and what else I have to say is the fact that you know like I said besides him mimicking his the moves and stuff like that I feel like you actually do need to have a powerful villain like Taskmaster to be able to bring down to try and bring down Black Widow another thing too is David Arbor is back 
in this is well not back but he's actually in this movie and it makes me even more excited i love him in stranger things i like him as an actor and he has so much layers that he can actually unfold with his character As a matter of fact he plays like a russian type of captain america for his uh, for his country, and that's something that's that was really cool. As a matter of fact, I even joked around on the trailer review where I said, you know what, Harper's okay. He's all right. He just got transferred from the U.S. over to Russia, and now he's fighting with Russia in Stranger Things. And it's a shared universe, and that's what I joked around about. But, you know, I really am excited that David Harper's back in, well, not back, like I said, not back in this movie, but just having him in this movie makes me excited. It makes me invested into what they're going to do with Black Widow. Matter of fact, I hope that I actually get to see Hawkeye in this as well. And this is actually going to be a prequel story. And I've always thought, you know, why are you going to go ahead and do a prequel story now after you killed off a character? It would make more sense to do it during the Winter Soldier's days and stuff like that. But... The fact that they're even doing this movie makes me excited now. I let it manorate over a period of time. And I'm like, okay, if this is what you're giving me, I'm going to go on ahead and check this out. So, Black Widow is actually on my radar of movies to go and see. So, I hope that you guys actually go out and see Black Widow. If you like Black Widow and stuff like that, let me know. Let me Send in a voicemail message. I'd like to actually know what your top anticipated movie movies are for 2020. Another movie that's actually a spy movie that I'm excited for is... 007, No Time to Die. Daniel Craig is once again 007, reprising his role one last time. And I have to say this. The trailer itself, like I mentioned in my trailer review, was the fact that this actually does feel like a James Bond movie. It actually feels like Daniel Craig is back as James Bond, and he's not just playing himself, or he's just getting tired of playing James Bond like he was in Spectre. And in this one, he actually feels more alive. He actually feels like James Bond. And as a matter of fact, it even feels like a GoldenEye type of movie. And you know what? It's been a while since we actually got a GoldenEye kind of flavor to the James Bond franchise itself. I like the fact that, you know, you're putting James Bond back in snow again. You actually have the snowmobile uh, snowbo- snowmobile chases again. You actually have Rami Malek as the villain. And I like Rami Malek as an actor, especially what he did with Breaking Me and Rhapsody and I actually thought he did a fantastic job as playing Freddie Mercury. Now, he's playing a villain, and I believe that this is actually going to give him a lot more layers to play with than what he did with Freddie Mercury, and I think that he's actually going to be a really great villain for James Bond to try and take down. And I like the fact that Daniel Craig actually feels like that he cares and everything and wants to redeem himself after what happened in Spectre, because let's just face it, Spectre wasn't the best James Bond movie at all, and... Having him back as James Bond brings a smile to my face. And then seeing Q back again. And the interaction between them two is like they haven't even missed each other or anything like that. And I thought that was really cool that they actually have Q back in it again. We have the gadgets. We have the guns. We have the car. We have everything that we love from a James Bond-based movie. And that's something that we really want to see. And I think that this is actually going to be one of my top anticipated movies of the of the of November. And, you know, I really am excited to see what they're going to do with 007. And then I'm wondering, too, about what they're going to do after Daniel Craig actually retires from James Bond. Because, like I said before, this is actually his last film. But I'm excited to actually know who is going to be the next James Bond whenever they do decide to recast again. And, of course, too, you know, if they don't do this, it goes back to the rights. So I'm wondering what the rights holders are going to do after that. If it just sits on a 
shelf for a period of time and it goes back to them. I wonder what studios that they're actually going to try and use. But for right now, 007 No Time to Die looks like a lot of fun. It looks high energy. It looks like everything I want from a James Bond movie. So I'm excited about seeing that. Now I'm going to drop down to a comic book based movie, Wonder Woman 1984. I love the music that they actually have in this in this trailer because of the fact I'm a huge fan of that song Blue Monday and I even love the cover song that Orgy did for Blue Sunday and actually sounds just like the 1980s version with a little bit more of their style but here's the thing I love what they did with the 1980s feel to Wonder Woman and incorporating the music into the trailer and everything you want from a 1980s perspective is actually in this Wonder Woman trailer, matter of fact, it kind of reminds me of Stranger Things when they in- introduced the mall in last in the last season. And they incorporate the mall again with Wonder Woman. And I really like that part where you actually have, you know, Wonder Woman taking down these criminals in the mall and stuff like that. And then you also have her also with her lasso going across lightning bolts and everything with her lasso and i'm also wondering too if that's the invisible jet in that trailer and if that is that is actually pretty cool and i'm also wondering too if we have, how chris pine is actually going to be coming back does zeus go on ahead and give diane back her love just to so she can be afraid that she might actually lose, lose him again and have that pain of him of actually being afraid of losing somebody that she loves or is this just a reward saying, Diane, you took down the big baddie in the first film. I'm going to go on ahead and give you back your love because of the fact that it was too soon for him to actually have. Steve Trevor was one of my favorite things that I enjoyed from Chris Pine's character. And uh, like I said, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman, the very first Wonder Woman movie and what Gal Gadot was able to do with Wonder Woman. And now they're saying that they're, she's not going to have her sword or her shield, because they feel like her sword um, actually feels like that it's, there's just too much aggression for somebody to actually have a sword. So my thought process is this. So what about someone that's a male that's actually playing a role, kind of like what Diane is, and have a, has a sword in his hand, and he's showing dominance by actually using that sword and showing that aggression. So what's the difference between a male and a female doing it? But another thing, too, is Patty Jenkins is also the person that's actually directing this movie. So it makes me optimistic to actually see what why she's not going to be using the shield and the sword in this film. And actually incorporate it and tell us why in the movie, rather than us just speculate on to why she's not going to have it. And if it's to actually grow her character, I'm perfectly fine with that. But if it's just not there, if it's just there not to be there, I just don't know. But either way it goes, I'm excited for Wonder Woman 1984. Like I mentioned before, I think maybe she might be actually having some help with Zeus, with her actually gliding with the with her lasso of truth, going through the the bolts. And I'm a big sucker for Greek mythology. I love Greek mythology. That's actually one of my favorite things besides astrology. And just to know that maybe that might actually be something that might actually happen. Hey, I'm excited. It makes me excited to actually see that. And, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, the very first Wonder Woman movie with uh, that was directed by Patty Jenkins and everything was one of my favorite movies of the summer. And to know that they're back again to direct this movie, I'm all for it. And then Patty Jenkins is also talking again, wanting to direct another Wonder Woman movie. And that makes me even more excited to actually see her actually playing 
um, Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman again and then having this team back again to actually have her again. But um, let's see here. Another thing, too, I want to talk about is what they were able to do with the very first uh, Wonder Woman movie was to actually have the Greek mythology of Zeus and it actually makes sense to actually have the introduction of having him in there and maybe he might actually serve a purpose for the next movie and like I said too I like the villain that they actually chose aside from that doctor I believe that you know having having the uh, villain from the very first one was really good and some people was actually taken back from it and everything and I actually enjoyed it I mean I actually had a lot of fun with what they wanted to do with it as far as the tone for the movie and stuff like that because she is a lighthearted character and then they want to try and do incorporate maybe something a little bit dark after just to give her some layers i'm all for it and then now we actually have her back again as wonder woman in 1984 so with that being said if are you guys excited for wonder woman 1984 let me know what you guys think and then another movie i'm going to drop down to a horror movie genre which is a quiet place too now what I love about this movie was the fact that you actually have a, hu- a real husband and wife working together in a movie. And, you know, and they actually have to try and survive against these alien-like beings in this post-apocalyptic kind of world. And if they make a sound, they pretty much die. And that's what I liked about Emily Blunt's character and also having her husband in there as well is the fact that you can actually be drawn into the fact that they are real life husband and wife and here they are trying to survive and what Slinsky actually did was he brought out a new level of horror where you don't really have that much dialogue actually going into this movie at all you can actually do you can actually act without actually voicing or having any type of dialogue just by the way the characters actually look at each other the way they actually interact with each other and then you're actually wondering if if they're actually going to make this make it out alive and that's what i loved about the quiet place part one now actually to have a quiet place part two there's not an actual plot for this yet i don't know the plot details on what it entails but maybe it's a prequel story maybe it's about how the aliens came to be in this uh in our world and that was an apocalyptic kind of world I don't know, but it makes me excited. And then not only that, but I also forgot to mention this too with the very first Quiet Place movie was the fact that she gave birth during this whole entire uh, apocalyptic thing and they have everything all planned out for this baby and everything else and making things soundproof so the way the baby can actually survive. And you're wondering if these aliens are actually going to attack her and everything too. So you have that going on. Then you also have the daughter who's actually deaf and the actress who plays the daughter is deaf. So you're wondering too, how is she going to make this out of out alive? And then the brother's actually trying to help the deaf daughter and everything. So I'm excited for A Quiet Place too. It's actually on my radar for the most anticipated movies of the summertime. And you know, you can't go wrong with this type of, with Gordon Solinsky on what he did with this with the very first Quiet Place movie and I enjoyed it. Some people didn't like the ending, but I love the ending for what it is. If you haven't seen it, I strongly recommend it. I'm not going to spoil anything here on the ending because I want you guys to actually have a surprise at the end of it on what what's actually going to go down once it actually comes into full circle because I don't want to take anything away from that. So, if you guys haven't seen a Quiet Place one, check that out. If you're excited about the Quiet Place, let me know what you guys have to say about it. 
Because, like I said, I'm a sucker for horror movies. I love horror movies. I love just about any kind of genre there is when it comes down to certain movies. So, check that out whenever you have a chance. And now, I'm dropping down to Bad Boys for Life. This movie stars Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, and they're back again after uh, 15, maybe 20 years since the last uh, last Bad Boys movie, which was Bad Boys 2, to drop down in 2003. And it was a juggernaut monster, not monster movie, but it was just a juggernaut release for that movie. And it took, uh, I mean, mean, it actually broke box office records for it being up as long as it was at the show. And now they're back again. And the reason why I'm excited about this is the fact that trailers actually sold me and actually felt like a bad boys movie. And it actually felt like the chemistry between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence is there and is still alive. And that's something that I want to actually see from a bad boys movie. But it also makes me wonder, too, is this movie actually going to be filler where we're over our nostalgia or anything like that? Where it's like, okay, I remember this in Bad Boys 1 or Bad Boys 2, or is this just going to relate on its own thing? And I get the fact that you actually have Martin Lawrence that keeps on bringing up the fact that he's going to retire over and over again. Maybe he retires, somebody's going to die based on the trailer. I think it might be Martin Lawrence's character that might actually die because of the fact that he keeps on bringing up the fact that he's ready to retire, he's ready to go out, he doesn't want to be a cop anymore. Versus Will Smith, because he's always a gun-ho action type a guy and it's very rare that you actually see that where you have your hero who's this guns blazing kind of guy that winds up dying so I'm wondering if that's who winds up I'm wondering if Martin Lawrence is the guy who winds up dying at the end but the comedy is still there the chemistry is still there everything that you want from a bad boys movie is right there in front of us we are as a matter of fact this is where Michael Bay actually shines at is action movies not that junk that he did with Ryan Reynolds but when it comes down to like the Bad Boys franchise and original work, he shines in that a lot, a lot better than the Transformers movies too. And I'm I cannot wait to see what he has planned for Bad Boys. I'm just hoping that just because I see the trailer and that the chemistry actually works on the trailer, I'm hoping the two and a half hour movie, that two and a half hours that I'm actually in the movie, that I'm actually sold on, and that it just doesn't feel like you know it's just Will Smith. And Martin Lawrence just wanting to be in a Bad Boys movie for the sake of being in a Bad Boys movie. But it gives me something to be optimistic about. It gives me something to actually look forward to for the summertime. And like I said, this is just something that I'm really excited for. And just makes me giggity. And yes, I just used a Family Guy reference to actually show some type of excitement of how excited I am for this. But anyways, I'm going to drop down to another horror movie. And that movie is none other than Underwater. And I mentioned this on the horror movie list not too long ago. And basically you have your alien-based movie. It kind of reminds you of Aliens in a certain sense. Except for one thing, it doesn't take place in space. It takes place in the water. And they're trying to survive against these alien-like beings in the water. And I'm not sure if they're welders or anything like that. But I love the concept of the fact that, you know, you have to try and survive underwater with these alien-like beings and wondering if you're actually going to survive against them. And that's actually something that makes me want to see this movie. And the whole suspense level of the horror film. And also, too, I'm wondering if we're actually going to see these alien-like beings at the end of the movie or at the very beginning because I would like to actually know what I'm actually facing. But hey, if I'm having to have the same experience as the actor or actress playing these characters and they're actually introducing 
these aliens at the very beginning or middle or the end of this, I'm all for it because it actually gives me something to actually look forward to in like maybe the last act or the second act. But that's actually something that I'm actually that I'm looking forward to. Now I'm gonna drop down to Ghostbusters. Now forget about the 2016 Melissa McCarthy movie Ghostbusters. This is revolving around the classic Ghostbusters. You have uh, the original Ghostbusters uh, grandson Egon and. Basically, they're in this farmhouse that they move into, and you know he winds up finding the old. His grandson winds up finding the old um, Ghostbusters car, the clothes, everything. And what I love about this is it actually feels like a Ghostbusters movie. It doesn't really feel like that anything's really forced. It actually has some funny parts with Paul Rudd in it. It it actually has the whole entire Gatlin seat. From like the cartoons that we got to see back when we were younger, and it also gives you and even the car is a little bit more uh rusty and stuff like that too, just sort of the age of the car and I'm kind of curious about how they're actually gonna incorporate the original ghostbusters like Bell Murray, Winston, and of course you know Dan Aykroyd in it. I'm actually kind of curious about how they actually put those three char- actors in the in this movie without it being forced. But, as for a teaser trailer itself, and it actually taking place in a different state rather than New York, I'm all for it, because I think that that was actually something that actually missed the mark with the Melissa McCarthy movie, was the fact that they were relying on, like, old nostalgia, where you actually have to put these actors, the old actors, into this movie, and try and show them, hey, you remember this actor from Ghostbusters? Well, guess what, kids? He's in this movie. And then it's just nostalgia, 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 with no actual plot to actually go off to, nothing to really gravitate towards at all. And then Chris Hemsworth was actually wasted in in that movie as well. But with this, it actually feels like a Ghostbusters movie. You actually have that old-school kind of feel to it. You actually want to actually believe that these people are actually hunting ghosts, and stuff like that. So I'm all for another Ghostbusters movie. It's about time that this, even if you watch the old um, Ghostbusters movies and everything else, you can actually tell that they're outdated. So to actually have another Ghostbusters movie, I'm all for it and actually have more updated special effects. Bring it on. Bring on the Ghostbusters because I've always been a diehard Ghostbusters fan. I've been a fan of them since the uh, cartoons as well. So to have them in there, Go ahead, give me more Ghostbusters. Uh, another one is going to be Vin Diesel's uh, Bloodshot movie, which is actually based off of a comic book. And it's not even part of Marvel or DC or anything like that. And it's own, it's its own comic. And that's something that I really like is the fact that it's an original story where you actually have this super uh, soldier who has to keep wiping out his memory. And then to this uh, company, this government thing is the one who's actually the people that actually were the ones that killed his family and stuff like that and then he just turns into like robocop pretty much and remembering everything that actually happened and his memory comes back and now he's after revenge and i think that this is actually going to be one of those great one-line joke type movies too with vin diesel you don't really have to take anything too serious you can just stop your face with popcorn enjoy this movie just like you would a fast and the furious movie and, you know, I like good revenge tales. I like good comic book-based movies and stuff like that. So I'm excited for Bloodshot. I'm excited to see what this movie is actually going to bring us. And I've never even read a single Bloodshot 
um, comic book, but I've actually heard of the character Bloodshot before, but I never actually dove into his character until I actually did a trailer review for it and actually explained the origins of his character. You can actually go through the episodes and you can actually go to that particular episode because I, I forgot what episode it actually is, but you can go through, I have like 78 episodes, so you can go on ahead, go through that and let me know what you got, what you think about it. And now we have an old school 1980s sequel, which was also a 1993 or 5 sequel. I forgot what, what year Bill and Ted um, Bogus Journey came out. But Bill and Ted Face the Music, I'm all for it. I'm a big sucker for Keanu Reeves and everything else. I love Keanu Reeves. I love what he's doing with John Wick. He's such a down-to-earth person. And he's also going to be in another Matrix movie, which I'm excited for. And you have John Wick and... Uh, Matrix actually facing off against against each other in a couple of years, so there's that. But Bill and Ted face the music. There was just something there about Bill and Ted that I really love. And here's the thing: I, there's no actual trailer for Bill and Ted yet. But I'm just gonna go into the fact of why I'm excited for this. And I'm a big, huge fan of rock music, indie rock music, heavy metal rock music, classic rock. Uh, 60s oldies rock I'm a big fan of rock music in general and that is actually Bill and Ted was actually one of the people that actually defines what rock and roll actually is and you have these fan these fans that are actually trying to establish themselves as a rock group and tr- and who doesn't ever think of themselves as like a rock group and trying to establish a rock group back whenever they're you're in high school and they're actually relatable and they're the favorite um their favorite rock band is Van Halen, and I love a lot of Van Halen's music and stuff like that. I grew up with old classic rock music, oldies music, and then I advanced on from there. But Bill and Ted was such a delight for me to actually watch, and it actually felt like, you know, these two characters actually get why I'm, I love rock music. And I remember doing the air guitar thing too, and even though it might have aggravated my friends... I still remember doing the air guitar, doing the little thing and stuff like that. I remember doing all of that. And, you know, Bill and Ted is just a delight. And in the plot for Fight, uh, Face the Music is they're trying to, they're fighting with their own inabilities as rock stars and stuff like that. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And I love that about it. And I'm hoping that they actually give you a nod to Rufus because I really love George Holland. As um, as Rufus, and I really believe that he was a great actor as well, and I loved him in I love I love the actor that played Rufus in other movies with Kevin Smith and stuff like that. But, but like I said, Bill and Ted is will always be a part of me and will always be in my heart because yes, and some of it is corny dialogue and stuff like that but beneath the service beneath the corny dialogue behind the goofiness and the cheesiness of bill and ted there lie there lies a huge there's lies rock fans and that's what i love it's just about people who love rock music and that's what i love about bill and ted so if you're excited for bill and ted face the music let me know what you guys think 
another movie is this is actually going to be a comic book based movie and that's going to be Morbius and Morbius the living vampire is one of my favorite villains from Spider-Man and he's actually being incorporated into the Sony universe which I'm hoping that they actually bring Tom Holland into that Sony universe later on after these other two Spider movies Spider-Man movies gets done because I believe that you can actually incorporate Tom Holland and actually make a good movie within this universe but Morbius the living vampire I really, I'm a sucker for vampire movies. I love vampire movies. Um, and the fact that this movie's going to have, you know, the, the uh, Jared Leto as Morbius makes me excited. I know that some people didn't like him as the Joker, but all in all, he's a great actor. You know, I mean, just because one performance doesn't woo you in a way that you want to be wooed or wowed doesn't mean that he's a bad actor. He was good in Lords of War. He was good in... By, Byers Dallas, um, Buyer Dallas Buyers Club. He's a great actor. If you give him a shot to actually do what he can do, and not only that, but it wasn't his fault and the Suicide Squad for his scenes being cut out or anything like that. And I believe that people weren't sold on the look of the Joker rather than the performance of the Joker because I believe if they would have took out the grills and the tattoos and everything, I think people would have been sold on it. But I think that was the biggest mistake of that time. But Morbius. I'm excited for it. I'm a huge sweaty when it comes down to comic books and stuff like that. Morbius the Lemon Vampire is hands down my anticipated film of 2020 as well. And I can't wait to see it. And my next movie that I'm going to be talking about that I'm excited for, this is actually a comedy that came out in the 1980s as well. And that movie is Coming to America Part 2. This is going to have a Murphy back again. And yes, it's going to be a PG-13 movie, but it makes me excited because I can actually see Akeem back again in this 2019 or 10, 2020 uh, world. And he's living in New York. He's doing everything. And now he's having to do other stuff in the coming, America, uh, coming to America. And I love the casting for it. The casting choices is really good. You also have some of the original cast members coming back again. And... I'm all for it. I'm all for uh, coming to America with Eddie Murphy. And it's been a long time since we actually seen Eddie Murphy and what he can do. And I'm going to be honest with you. I saw the skit with what he did with um, SNL recently. And he saved those ratings from going down because they were just being repetitive with all the stuff that they were doing. And then finally Eddie Murphy comes in like he didn't even miss a beat. And... He just steals the show, and I really loved seeing that incorporate incorporation of what um, Mr. Rogers was and everything played by Eddie Murphy. And as a matter of fact, they renamed that character as another name, but still, Eddie Murphy brought a smile to my face. He made me laugh. If you can make up somebody laugh in your comedy or whatever, you're doing a great job. And comedy is the most subjective genre there is and to actually have Eddie Murphy come back to coming to America makes me excited and I think that you know if this movie is a success we might get to see Eddie Murphy and more stuff and matter of fact I'd like to actually see him in some stand-up stuff I'd like to actually see him on a Netflix special for stand-up because he is great at stand-up and everything and from what I heard he's been killing it over at the comedy club up in California so you know, I'm all for Eddie Murphy doing what he does best, and that's making us laugh. And, you know, I also didn't know that Samuel L. Jackson was even in the first one where he got his butt whooped for uh, trying to rob the McDonald's. 
McDonald's or however however you say that um that name. But anyways, Eddie Murphy winds up being the crap out of him and everything, and he saves everybody inside the McDonald's. But that's what I loved about um, that movie was there was just so much energy that Eddie Murphy brought to Akeem and everything and him not understanding the American dialect, that character not understanding us or anything like that, trying to figure out where he fits into New York. And that's what I loved about the very first Coming to America movie, so to actually have him back again, I don't know for it. I think it would be a good idea. I can't wait to see a trailer whenever it drops. And let's see here. Now we actually have The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And as I mentioned before, whenever I read this report about, about this a couple of days ago, was the fact, the reason why I'm excited about it is the fact that you have the Warren fam- Warrens back again, trying to investigate a crime scene that somebody is claiming that the devil made them do it. So my thought process is this. I'm hoping that, you know, they go on ahead, they do their investigation in the house, and it just plays back and forth between the actual person that's claiming the devil made them do made him do it and trying to claim his innocence and then also going back to the house to investigate again. It's a back and forth thing and then next thing you know it and it has that slow build like James Wan did with the other conjuring movies. I'm hoping that it actually has that flavor where you actually have a slow build for the conjuring because that's what I loved about the first two conjuring movies was the slow build and once that build was released, it was released full force and doesn't slow down. And that's what I liked about it. But we're not having James Wan as a director this time. Instead, we're having a different director. And I think that we might actually like what we have to see because James Wan is still a producer on this film. So his fingerprints might be on The Conjuring itself and everything. But I also want to talk about this too. I didn't really care for any of the spinoff movies of The Conjuring. So... My thing is this, I think I'm just going to concentrate on the Conjuring movies themselves and not the spin-off movies, because every single Conjuring movies, for me, was a letdown. So, that's what I'm excited for, for, the, for that one. And then, there's an independent movie called Antlers that's going to be coming out. And matter of fact, I just uploaded the trailer last night, and so you guys can actually check that out on our Movie Lovers page. And it's an original concept, it's an original story, it's about a, it's a legend, and basically it's after little kids, and only little kids I believe can actually see what's actually going on with, with these monsters and these monster-like beings and everything, and there's a legend behind it all. And I love something spooky, I love something that's dealing with ur- uh, urban legends, I love that kind of feel to it, because it's been a long time since I actually saw something where it's regarding an urban legend that was actually probably pretty good. And I'm not saying any disrespect to the Babadook or anything like that, but let's just call it what it is. I was actually like down with the Babadook. So having this as part of it, I'm all for it. I think it'll be a great thing to actually have some type of originality behind this. And the fact that we actually have an original concept for horror, bring it on. Bring on Antlers because I think it's going to be really good. And then finally, another horror movie that I'm excited about, or suspense if you will, is The Woman in the Window. And The Woman in the Window is this suspense movie where you actually have this woman who's actually has some type of mental health issue where she's actually afraid to go out into out in public and stuff like that. And so one of her one of the neighbors comes in one day, knocks on her door, she lets him in, and she's interacting with 
the wife of the next door neighbors and she and the woman just wants to feel welcomed to the new neighborhood and stuff like that. So, you know, they wind up come, beca- becoming friends and have a bond with each other. And then later on, some other stuff unfolds where the husband might be trying to kill the wife and everything. And then she's calling 911 and they're, they're thinking that she's hallucinating off the pills and that she's actually taking. And that the wife that she actually talked to wasn't the wife that she actually talked to. It was actually something that looks a little bit older and everything as well. So that's what I like about that suspense type of feel to it. It is an original movie. It's an original idea. We're actually getting some pretty cool original originality when it comes down to 2020. Not only that, but we're not having that many um, comic book-based movies this year. So we have Black Widow. We have uh, Bloodshot, Morbius, and Birds of Prey. And Wonder Woman. So, all together we have five movies compared to what we ha- normally have. And here's the thing. I know that some people are wondering, why am I not uh, excited for Birds of Prey? And here's the thing. I've been trying to get myself psyched up for Birds of Prey. I've been really trying. But after the success, if you call it a success, or the hype of Suicide Squad, and the direction that Suicide Squad actually did, and everything... That's what created Birds of Prey. And, you know, I liked Suicide Squad alright, but because of the tone, because of the way that they use their characters in Suicide Squad, is actually going to be the same way that they're actually using uh, Harley Quinn in this movie, way, the way that it actually looks in the trailer. And it makes me take a step back a little bit and be like, okay, you're doing this for overhype and doing it for that reason and not doing it for... The fact that you want to try and do something different. And a matter of fact, they're actually just goofing off and seeing what they come up with. And I'm all for entertainment. I'm all for them goofing off and trying to figure out the best way they actually make this movie. But here's the thing. the That particular movie for Suicide Squad, the audiences were actually divided. And, and split to the point where they weren't even sure if they wanted to actually go out and see another Harley Quinn movie now. And a matter of fact, I even heard a woman which I believe maybe not even be a comic book fan, but still, I went and saw, I don't remember what movie I went to go see, but it was part of the trailers, and this woman blurted out, that looks stupid. So I'm like, okay. I took a step back from my fanboy-ism, and I'm like, so, if one person doesn't like it, what does the other general movie-going audience feel feel like? Are they going to not like this movie too? Or are they going to love it? And I'm still going to go out and see this movie. I'm still going to go out and support it. But it's not on my anticipated movie list. But it makes me question if you don't like anything from the Suicide Squad movie. Or is anybody else not going to like it? But that's just how I feel about it. So tell me what you guys think about that. Because I just want to give you guys something to think about. And actually for you guys to go on ahead and send me a voicemail message about. Because of the fact that, you know... I'm not that excited for it because it's actually the same tone, same type of feel that you would actually get from a Suicide Squad movie. And so there's that. So with that being said, that's my most anticipated movie list for 2020. And I want to try and do a New Year's podcast tonight. But that's only if I get enough questions and stuff like that because I would love to just do and ask me anything kind of show where you guys send in questions and I sit down and I answer those questions rather than just doing what I normally do. 
But if I don't get enough questions in or anything like that, I'm not going to do one. But anyways, I hope everybody has a great and happy new year and everything. And I want to say again, happy almost new year because it is almost new year right now. But if you guys are listening to this uh, the next day or whatever, happy new year to you guys. I hope that you guys have a safe new year and I'll be back again very soon to do another podcast. I took a little time off before. I apologize. I just needed to go ahead and have some time off to myself a little bit. But anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and until next time. Bye-bye.